3: House, in the We're back, street, my and as house. promised, so uh, I uh, I'm here obviously with Stephen Gaines and Ace One park and we want to thank Citizens Bank. Um, and as I said earlier in the show, I have a special guest, and really, I said you want to not want to miss hearing him. His name is uh, John Colatrella, and he isn't just an architect; he's an expert in building uh, and. Infrastructure, and as they refer to him, the Sherlock Holmes of building issues. And he works for Howard Zimmerman, specializes in restoration, forensic investigation, interior design, waterproofing and windows, and wall replacement uh, restoration. And he was involved with the um, reconstruction of the main systems of 88 Greenwich, uh, which is a 452 residential and commercial building in the financial district. And when they they had severe damages by the that were caused by the hurricane Sandy, and they removed two floors of mechanical equipment and reconfigured the design. It's like more like being a, uh, I mean that's really difficult. <clears throat> and John and his team also completed a plant which generates heating, cooling, and electricity in a single process. Ah, I'll give you his website in a second. Thank you, John. We're so excited to have you on the fo- phone, and we're thanking you to <clears> give up your time. We want to ask you so many questions because you do so much. You want to thank you,
4: thank you, Daddy. Pleasure to be here.
3: Great. So tell us. I mean, you, I you know, you what is you do the major buildings, and you kind of look at their guts, and what do you kind of? I mean, you do so many different things. So I think maybe you should give us a a summary of what, all the things that you do so our listeners
4: can hear sure sure happy to so um uh, work for howard Zimmerman, howard Zimmerman architects uh if you're in the city everyone knows howard yes, uh the firm okay. itself has been in business almost 40 years now uh i'm actually an engineer a uh, mechanical engineer i head up our in-house uh engineering department uh focusing on mechanical electrical uh plumbing and fire protection systems And what we do at Howard Zerman Architects is work on existing buildings. That's what we specialize in. We don't do ground up. We don't do any new construction work. If it's an existing building in New York City, we can work on any aspect of it, whether it's the exterior, uh, facade, roofing windows, or any of the internal mechanical electrical plumbing systems that I focus on um or forensic investigation we we have a whole team of engineers and architects that focus on the forensic investigations kind of to your point about being the Sherlock Holmes of buildings if, if there is a problem we're tasked with we can investigate it and uh, and get a resolution
3: oh, that's pretty that's well, and, and and a lot of problems you know you can't just look at them and solve them you need somebody who's skilled like you are now do you do like, I, do you, refi- like if somebody wants, you know, the apartments in the city are limited to their layouts and uh, space, and a lot of people combine apartments, and one of the things that I noticed being in the business so long is sometimes they combine them and they look right, they look like they have a flow, and sometimes they combine them and it kind of looks like a hodgepodge, or because there's just piece right. together and the flow isn't right. Now, if somebody mm-hmm. wants to reconfigure the layout of their apartment, or their adding a second apartment to it, something comes available and they buy it. Um, can they go, can they get to you and, and pay your company or, or for your advice on how to do that?
4: So there, there's many aspects of that type of work that we do do. We're not the traditional, you know, interior architects in that sense. However, Um, We certainly do a lot of consulting, you know, with high-end buyers on uh, pre-purchase type of surveys uh, to let them understand what they're getting into. You know, if it's an older pre-war building, you know, what's the condition of the facade, the exterior? Uh, What's the condition of the heating plants? You know, what could they be looking at assessment-wise coming down the pike? And then we can generally, you know, opine on the, uh, the structural systems of the building so that they know big picture what they can and cannot do. Like I said, you know we'll, we'll focus on really the larger ticket items for them to to watch out for, um, and then they'll typically hire a more interior specialized type of Got architect it. to do the actual you know details of the fit and finish.
3: So somebody, and for those of you who live in the suburbs and uh, have houses, this kind of wouldn't apply. But in the city, you're buying in many cases an apartment that's part of a building of many apartments, and you're going to get. Charges, uh, you know, based on the building, and if the building is in bad shape or has loans out or needs uh, has something severely wrong that's going to need fixing, that's going to go into all your assessments that you pay every month. So, I think a good time to work with a firm that John, like Johns, is to do that before you actually. Buy something, so you know what 's going on with the building, you know the building 's condition, what to expect, and you then again, if you 're planning on doing you know you say well i 'll buy this apartment and hopefully I can do this, this, and this you 'll know before you buy it what you can and can't Would that be fair to say
4: that 's absolutely right i mean we we do so many building physical condition assessments um, you know, for Douglas Elliman and other third-party management companies uh, just generally, so that the board and management can understand the condition of their systems, we easily can turn that eye for a particular buyer in a pre-purchase type of application so that they know that they're not coming into a building that hasn't had any major capital projects done in, in 30 plus years, and it's just going to be a long string of projects and assessments coming down, in addition to their big investment for their personal apartment
3: that's so true and i think um certainly people who are not uh who have lived elsewhere and have not really lived in apartments uh basically sometimes don't even realize that what all those things that happen in a building i think it's you know if you're in the city i think you kind of hopefully know it but if you don't know it but it's not something you should do yourself especially like you know i don't I'm sure you don't either, but I don't recommend that somebody be their own GC, general contractor, or uh, sure,
4: of of course they, they they shouldn't be their their own engineer or architect for a pre-purchase type of survey. They shouldn't be overseeing the trades. I I know it costs additional money, but you know what that nets you in peace of mind, knowing that you know the building is in good condition, or what it nets you to make sure that your project is done on schedule and on budget you know, is worth that extra money. And we've been talking about existing buildings, which is one certain type of animal, and then we all know about new construction, a whole different type of animal that people are buying into. And you know, some of the quality isn't there, you know, with your with your older solid wall construction type building. So doing pre purchases of a brand new building, you know, is even more critical.
5: John, when it says forensic and Stephen Gaines, hi, well, John, what is this forensic investigation, does that mean before a problem starts or if something collapses in the building or there's a horrible leak? Explain forensic investigation for us.
4: Sure, sure. Uh, forensic investigation really could be a preemptive type of investigation where somebody is looking to buy a building. We're doing it on behalf of a newly formed condo board um, where we're coming in proactively on a new building, looking at drawings offering plans to understand what was to be built what was promised and did the board and the unit owners actually get that so that would be a you know kind of a proactive approach And then there are many times where we're contacted where there's a new building, doors have opened, people have lived in the building about a year plus, and now they're starting to experience problems. You know, they're they're having some leaks. They're having drafty windows. You know, flooring is starting to separate and buckle. There's a lot of odor migration between apartments to apartments, floor to floor. So we'll get a laundry list of things that this is what we've experienced. If we're experiencing this, what else is out there? What other problems do we have? And then we go to work and, and start to survey the building.
5: Hmm. Fascinating. It really is.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot you have to know with buildings that you wouldn't know like by just looking at it. And like in residential houses, I always tell people get an engineer's report and have an engineer just look just to tell you basically the condition of the house for the age of the home um, and what you're looking at and not, as you said, not little things, major problems that you could have. And I so I think in buildings – um, that you're that's basically what you're doing and this way you can have peace of mind and so i don't think you can see a lot of this with the naked eye so you, you think-
4: make a very good point point, and you can't a lot of these things take a trained eye you know seasoned professionals that have been in the business 10 15 20 years you know you know having a standardized checklist of what to look for um, you know, your signature, you know, water damages, you know, buckling of floor, sagging of, you know, ceilings. These are all telltale signs. And and many times, um, if we see a what could be a problem on the surface, we may have to recommend some type of further investigation, a, a destructive probe opening a wall or a ceiling so that we can peel the layers back and look behind and, and see what may be lurking there. It might not be anything. And then it's, you know, a small cost to do some plaster sheetrock work. Or we could have uncovered, you know, kind of a ticking time bomb.
3: Right. Now, you also, because I know, like in New York City, of course, anything outdoor spaces, forget about it, at a premium, people love it and want it. And sometimes they'll see outdoor space. And, of course, it's it's a plus when you have that with your apartment. But they might have ideas and they want to maybe put a deck or they want to make the floor concrete. Would they call someone like do you to see whether the building can afford, I mean, whether you can... Actually do that or not only the rules. Again,
4: uh, sure. We we can opine on on all of these type of aspects. A a lot of times our role is we we will actually work for the building um, to establish standards. So that the building can put out published standards. You know, a well-run building is going to have a set of standards of what you can and cannot do for an interior apartment alteration or to modify the exterior if you're, you know, lucky enough to have some, you know, outdoor space. Um, establishing those rules up front and handing that to a potential buyer or a potential person that wants to renovate, you know, it really allows you to know what you're getting into before you get into it so you're not disappointed after the fact.
3: Right, or you or you plan on something that you you're buying this apartment with an idea that you're gonna do X X and S to make it like this is what you want, and then you find out you really can't do it. And so I I right your typical wet over dry
4: type of situation. I I wanna move my kitchen here, that would be the great layout for this apartment, but this particular co op, no wet over dry is permitted, meaning, you know, if those kitchens aren't stacked up the A line of the building you can't put the kitchen potentially where you want to put it.
3: Yeah, that just happened to a friend of mine who has a, a, a big home in Jersey and coming to the city. And she said to me, well, you know, my brothers are in, you know, I guess, they, you know, they do a a lot of stuff, you know, fixing, you know, building and they buy and sell stuff. So they thought they were experts. And I said, listen, in the city, it's a whole different ball game.' And she Started with the brothers, but she quickly got rid of the brothers and, and brought, brought in people that knew what they were doing in the city because it's a real specialty mm-hmm. in buildings, and it's very different than in a house. So, And I, I think uh-huh, a lot of, of people really don't know that. I mean, I never lived in an apartment till I moved in the city. Well, I might have rented when I got out of college, but I never really lived in an apartment and owned one in a building, and I really uh, – it wasn't important to me, actually, on, like, what really you have to worry about or not worry about. And I really do see the state of the building and any, like, extraordinary fees. And then clients, when they're trying to buy an apartment, you're just point well taken. If they want to, they look at it and say, well, the ki- kitchen I'm going to move to here. I'll take down this wall. I'll move a bathroom here. And they don't realize, you're right, if it doesn't line up with the right plumbing, can't do it.
4: John, what right a, what and and you know the other thing that we're we're really seeing these days are the the infrastructure your piping systems everyone you know that is in new york city knows about the gas piping uh, inspections and problems and explosions and unfortunate deaths that have happened and there there's a real crackdown by the utilities on gas piping and their condition to to keep buildings safe and you know somebody buys into an apartment Uh, building, they're used to the suburbs, and then all of a sudden their aged uh, gas piping system is all of a sudden shut off by the utility. And it's months, if not, you know, a year to repipe and restore. Or if you have a building vintage 50s or 60s with, you know, central cooling and you have chilled water piping, um, aged piping, corrosion leaks, and then all of a sudden the building is faced with a major capital improvement or assessment to repipe some of these aged and original systems which is another hidden cost that you know a new unit owner or shareholder may not be expecting.
5: John could you tell tell me about the uh, the plant that generates heating cooling and electricity in a single process how can that be is it one machine or is it explain that would you?
4: Sure um, the, this was a very unique project that we did a few years back. Um, The building has to be right for it, Stephen. Uh, We we can't do it with every building um, as efficiently. And it was a building that had central heating and cooling with fan coil units in each of the apartments. And we were already doing a retrofit of their boilers and their chillers. And then we introduced a uh, cogeneration unit that, if anyone doesn't know, your your first source is you're producing electricity. And then the byproduct of producing electricity is heat which can be used to heat uh, you know, portions of the building, uh, take on part of the building's heating load, heat some of the domestic hot water, or if paired with the right type of chiller, can be used to actually make air conditioning. So we revamped the plant, it was a few million dollars, and we're generating a portion of the building's electricity, cheaper than to buy it from Con Edison. During the winter time, we're using the byproduct of making the electricity to heat part of the building, Um, before the boilers have to come on. And then in the summertime, we have what is called a small water fire chiller, which we use the heat uh, to make air conditioning or part of the building's air conditioning. So they're always utilizing the byproduct and making electricity cheaper than they can from Con Edison. And uh, the first full year this plant was in operation, their building utility savings over the uh, year before the plant was in operation was about $200,000 savings. So over time, you know, in less than a 10-year period, um, there's going to be a payback on their uh, equipment. And their equipment will last, you know, upwards of 20-plus years. So there will be a real period of savings for the building once they get over the payback period.
3: Well, really, that's so informative. that we thank you. Now, if somebody wants to reach you, uh, your web is H. Are these are the all capitals, or going it be either way? H, L.
4: It, not case-sensitive.
3: Not case sensitive. Okay, so it's h l Zimmerman z i m m e r m a n dot com, and. Do
4: you have a phone number, John? Sure, of course. Um, it is two one two, two zero
3: four, seven two three two. 212-204-7232. and we will post it on our site. And thank you so much. We hope you'll come back, and uh, it's a real pleasure to have you.
5: Terrific! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: Have a good weekend even with the rain you too yeah thank you so uh these are just kind of things that as i said you don't think about when you're buying a building and i you know it depends on the price you're paying but if you're going to invest a lot of money in a building um and whether you use john or you use a company like that at least make sure you get all the notes and the Mm -hmm. meetings and You know, let them let the people that manage the building give you a whole synopsis because you really want to know about the building, it's going to affect your charges over time. Um, I have, I'm not going to do all the questions because I can't believe the times go so fast, Uh, but I'll do one or two questions. And um, this one I don't have an answer for, but maybe somebody does. It says, uh, um, This was sent to the New York Times, and um, I get it because it affects a lot of people, but it says my building has been surrounded and in scaffolding for months. What can I do? So when you, th- what, you know, in a lot of these buildings is scaffolding, which makes the front of it look unpleasant. It doesn't look right. And it's years. I, I know I won't. My building, it's been like five years. It's still there. And if
5: you live inside, there's no light. And right. People can look in. Actually, there are men working on the scaffold.
3: Well, it depends on yeah, but and yeah, it depends on how high up. But the writer of the letter, the letter was a sub- person who lived on the on the lower floors. And you know, one of the topics we were talking about, and that we will talk about when we have a little more time, is that's why usually the lowest floors in the city are cheaper, uh, because people can be walking and kind of looking your window. Whereas if you're up higher. Uh, but the writer lives on the second floor and in West Village. And for 18 months, he's lived without privacy or daylight. So what courses do you have? We'll do that right after the break. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back.
0: When it comes to
4: protecting your family, home, or business, you need a name you can trust. You need us, Honig Conti Perino Insurance. In Manhattan since 1902, we're family owned, experienced, incredible. We believe in a face to face, roll up your sleeves approach. Our clients receive individual
0: and personal care. Honig Conti Perino, the name to trust. Call 212 777 7113 or HonigConti.com. H O N I G C O N T E.com. Honig Conti Perino, not just providing insurance, but insurance guidance. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m., you won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cat's Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cat's Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at eight thirty, right after Morano in the Morning on AM nine seventy. The Answer.
2: The Greater New York Chamber of Commerce celebrates Small Business Week with a free forum on Wednesday, May 8th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the TKP New York Conference Center, 109 West 39th Street in Midtown. Enjoy networking, exhibits, workshops, and more. Learn about government resources and business financing. Plus, attend a special session on digital marketing presented by Salem Surround. And it's all free Wednesday, May 8th from 9 to 1 at the TKP New York Conference Center in Midtown. For details, call 212 Chamber or visit chamber.nyc.
1: Your table, ladies.
3: Thank you so much. So, Vicki, how have you been? Great. It's been so long. Last time we saw each other was what? Your daughter's wedding on that yacht? What was it? The Atlantis? Yes, the Atlantis. It was perfect for the wedding with its three decks, bridal suite, immaculate restrooms, dance floor, and state-of-the-art sound system. The food and service was great, and I hear they bake those delicious rolls right on board. They do. You know, I've been trying to decide what to do for my daughter's Sweet 16 and some corporate events. You should absolutely book the Atlantis, they do more than just weddings, sunset cocktail parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, luncheons, and guests are able to board from several locations. Francesca was so easy to work with. Call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at franstouchofclass.com. Charter
2: the Atlantis for your event today. Call Francesca at 212-385-9400 or visit Touchofclass.com. For a limited time, mention AM 970 for a free menu upgrade on the Atlantis it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
3: we're back and what does time fly so we were just talking about you know a question that somebody wrote into the new york times and basically they lived in the city and there was scaffolding uh, all around their apartment, and they were on a lower floor, so if you're on a lower floor, that can affect daylight you know, and also the- you know there's just a lot going on um and they asked what recourse they have and in New York, all buildings taller than six stories must have their fac the facades outside uh inspected every five years, which It's a good thing because you want to make sure they're structurally good. The city-local law 11 is designed to prevent pedestrians from being struck by falling debris when you don't want that, which has happened over the years with tragic consequences. The scaffolding must remain in place until the facade is repaired, which could take... Well, they're saying months. I'm telling you it's usually years, and I don't think there's much you can do, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, somebody, if you know there's something you can do, please let us know, 866-970-9622. I don't really know that there really is too much. It's un—it's not pleasant, but the consequences of not doing that are tough, or, or, or you don't want anybody to have a casualty over that um, because it's... Uh, very dangerous. And that's why, as I said, usually apartments that are on the lower floors go for cheaper because people are walking. Now, some people would rather, or it doesn't bother them, but because they, you know, or sometimes the views aren't as nice. Like if you are looking at Central Park, if you're on a lower floor, you're really not going to see into Central Park. You're just going to kind of see the trees. But let me tell you something about some of these skyscrapers. Some of the skyscrapers, if you get a top floor and you go to the top, and that's why when you buy off a plan, it's a little difficult. If they're too high, yes, you'll have a view of the clouds. You know, it depends on how high up it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and, you know, the day. So uh, I think those are all considerations that you have to do a, a look at. And when you buy an apartment, view counts, which is like if you buy a a house, if you're on the water, usually that's a plus. Uh, You know, if you, people like living closer to towns now, so the closer you are to whatever city you're uh, near, the better, because people like little towns and they like to be not, I, I think the millennials, what do you think, Ace? The millennials don't really want to be 20 million miles away from where everything is happening?
6: No, not at all, Dottie. Not at all.
3: Ace, what did you think of uh, uh, what did you think of related project in Hudson Yards? Did you go there? I'm sure you yeah, did. Yeah,
6: I've been there. I think look uh, for someone that's a foreigner, um, maybe um, a tourist. I think it's a great buy for them, right? I think if you're a resident here in New York, I'm not too sure about you know waking up and uh, you know. Meeting with a million people walking on the streets—I mean, it, it's 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 insane there, Dottie. I mean,
3: it's well, a, it's insane, and it's a mall basically, so yeah, there's it's a lot a of people. Yeah. I mean, and so I think I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know, but you know, I was wondering if people like the millennials think you know. I mean, it's well, the one thing is convenient. Everything is really. Oh, a I mean, step they away. love to
6: visit, Dottie. I I mean, I I just don't know about living there per se. You know. Yeah,
3: but, yeah, but but it's but it's an
6: amazing project. I mean regardless it's it's amazing,
3: yeah, and if you realize I told you if you have some time, it's, it's something you should do. you could do it even on a rainy day like today or tomorrow yeah. because it's indoors and uh that's and I really think there's an and there's restaurants and there's bars and there's tons of stores and there's galleries of art, so it, there's a lot to do I mean, I don't recommend going to a mall many times, but I think that that's a good thing to see. And I think that since Related, I think that I have such respect for that company, but I think that when they did uh, Time Warner, um, I think it changed the whole area. So I'm yeah. uh, thinking it's going to revive the – actually, that was kind of dead space, wasn't it? I mean, really nobody
5: – The Coliseum that they took over, yeah. Yeah. They saved yeah. the entire Upper West Side.
6: They and really prices
3: did. really went up mm-hmm. after that. It did. Right. It did. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see. But there's no guarantees, and I always tell people um, I'm a believer. And, again, somebody looked at me like I don't think they know what Monopoly was. I said I used to play Monopoly when <laughs> I was a kid. And if anyone's ever played Monopoly, well, what do you want? You want to get Park Place and uh, the Broadwalk. Why? Because the rents were high there, and if somebody landed on your property, they'd have to pay a lot of rent. Whereas Baltic, the purple properties <laughs> – and you see, I'm dating myself. They were like six dollars. <laughs> yes. uh, like if somebody landed there, you'd get six dollar rent. No. So like I always believed, and I, from a little kid, hey, let's go for the best property and the best location. And I still think that now. I think location, 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 and uh, people uh, need to look at and your own needs. And of course, if you don't need to be close to anything, and if you, then you should either. You know, then you can buy something further from the city or further from the towns, and you'll get a much better – you'll get more for your money. So it's really a matter of what personal preferences are. I I have a a caller. I have Doreen from Flushing, New York. Hi, Doreen. Happy May. Do I have you? Well, I can't hear Doreen. Well, if you come back on the line – you're still on the line, but I I don't have a connection with you. (laughs) There you go. Do I have you now? There you are. There
7: you are. We found each other. Okay. Terrific. Thank you. My friend is selling his co-op, and he accepted a bid from somebody with all cash, and the board wouldn't – they turned her down. And obviously he doesn't know why they turned her down, but I was wondering if it's legal or ethical or whatever for the real estate individual to – only, or if it's okay for him to only accept bids from individuals who have a pre-approved mortgage, or is that illegal?
3: Well, it's, it's not up. Let, let me start by this, and I don't have Jerry here, but I think I can answer this myself. Um, first of all, it's not up to the real estate agent to decide that. It's really up to the seller. So whoever okay. the seller is of that apartment, okay. if the seller tells you, I only want to hear cash offers, then that that that's mm-hmm. a, a thing from the seller. That's a, a wish from the right. seller, and it's not the agent's property. However, I really train or teach everyone at Douglas Elliman that I would never do that. I would say, I tell people the law, New York State, the law is that the owner has to know all, all offers, even if somebody offers you five, $5. Because what you don't yeah. want to happen is somebody to say down the road, let's say they're not successful in selling it, and they say, look, you never told me about that offer, which I've seen happen, and it was based on the seller's instructions, but then they would say, well, you never... I might have taken it if I would have known about it. So if your friend, is she looking to... I would tell your friend, don't let that happen and if you find out that you know now he might know um, this is your friend selling or buying? Yes, she's selling
7: and he needs to move quickly because he's in a financial bind and he needs to move closer to family in Texas, where the cost of living is lower. Much and he lower. accepted a cash bid and turned down a bid from a young couple. That um, didn't have a pre-approved mortgage because he thought accepting the cash bid would be quicker.
3: Well, I would think that. I, I didn't was just, think I don't so. know the details. I think you're right. I mean, right. I don't. I think that if we're talking a cash offer, an ace you can chirp in on that. Yeah. If we're talking a cash offer opposed to a pre-approval, well, a pre-approval is always best to have when you're not having a cash offer. Correct. But if you have a cash offer, there's nothing better right. than that. There's nothing really
6: better than cash, yeah.
7: But so we don't know why the board turned the individual might, down, and and he's not able to find that out. I know that that's re- technically none of his business. There's privacy. no
3: well, they can't discriminate, so it can't be because of you know race, age, color. But it can be. I don't. You know, you need to. First of all, does he live? If he lives there still, he needs to kind of be a little friendly with the board and find and say, look, you know, maybe he to tell the truth that I have to, because the board. Sometimes well, they did, want a certain amount and, of cash, which that can't be the case. He did do all that,
7: and, and they felt he was confrontational.
3: Well, maybe, well, then maybe, look, he might have, they might have interpreted that way. What I would do if I were him, I would just... You know, if, if that's what they thought, I might write a little note to them because they have to approve it. And I'm not saying this about his board because I don't know the building that he's in. But I do know right. from my experience with boards, some are easier than others. But I've seen yes. boards where they really compromise somebody because they don't like them. In other words, they can't discriminate. But you know, I'm sure. That, but but I think it would be helpful if he just writes a thank. I mean, it's just so, I'm sorry, like if I offended anybody. But I'm really in a bind, and I would appreciate anything that you guys can do uh, to help me out. And I just there must have been something else because if it's all I know. cash. Okay, I and I don't really think that they would just say, "Well, no, you can't have an all case, why?" Unless there's something that they found.
5: It's a price too. But long. also
3: well, make sure that I... the make sure that the bro- If it was too cheap, maybe. Doreen. Yes, well, we're I'm, taking. I'm bro- thinking.
7: You know, I'm this is a good happened. question.
3: Right, Doreen, stay on the line, just because I want to. Just this is a good issue. Stay on the line. I just have to take a break. It's 866 We'll be right back with Doreen. And what happens with a board turndown? What do you do?
1: Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. It's time to put things into perspective and talk about two very important priorities, the unconscionable statistic that each day, 22 of America's bravest returning veterans take their lives. They survived the war. Now they must survive the peace. The other priority, the word cancer has been on our lips for all too long. These two priorities are not being answered until now. The answer is called Gold Shield. It's simple. If you're a business, large or small, become a Gold Shield member, go to thegoldshield.us. Just do the right thing for our veterans and cancer research. If you're a consumer, shop where you see the Gold Shield. If you're a merchant, we need you to sign up today. Go to thegoldshield.us or call 888 526 9111 the goldshield.us
4: Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh great, another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated tricky language about their networks and offers and blah blah blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 a month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800 Sprint1 today.
2: 30-day guarantee with new line of service. iPhone 10R, 64 gigabyte, $15 a month after 1625 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 6 dollars 20 pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data to prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speak maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply.
0: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. My Giza sheets also include full 21-inch wide pillowcases that will fit over any pillow and deep pocket sheets that will fit over over any mattress. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else.
2: Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-651-0798 to get your very own MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets. 1-800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970 and Mike will give you 30% off plus free shipping. That's right, 30% off and free shipping with promo code AM970.
7: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
2: I on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo dotty herman
3: we're back and uh where i thought it was just a great topic The doreen's calling for a friend who um, selling her an apartment that's a co-op in new york city and the, the person he took a person that paid all cash or uh, said all cash, and they turned the, this person down, and they're kind of wondering why they turned him down. So, Doreen, what did you tell your friend? So just tell your friend, I think, that, you know, there's not much he can do other than just be as nice as he can and maybe just make a plea, and if they think he's confrontational, which I can understand people getting emotional if they're trying to sell their house, and you need to know that about co-ops. If you want to sell your property and you have a buyer and they don't like your buyer, as long as they're not discriminating, um, they can do that. So it's a right that you don't have, and it's just in cases like this where you really are in a bad place. I would tell them to write a note and maybe and make sure that the broker that he uses knows the boards because it could be the application wasn't filled out right. I mean, we... Look, I don't think I could fill out the application. Well, I mean, I have a Douglas Elliman Experts, and I know that if you don't dot the i's right and fill out, so it could be the application wasn't written basically well. So make sure that the broker he has knows a lot about that building and the board. Um, that would be helpful. And if he doesn't, I'm not saying to get rid of him, but tell him to work with someone that does. That would be my advice. And thank you for calling, Doreen and have a good weekend. Thank you. Keep us posted. Um, that's really one of the things that you have to consider when you have a co-op. I Many years ago, I had a doctor who had bought an apartment with his wife in a great building in the city, and then um, he got a job on Long Island with either LIJ or North Shore, one of those places, and uh, they built they had a mansion, or they had this gorgeous house in, in Long Island. And so when their kids got old enough and they were all in college or married, they decided to move back to the city and sell their house on Long Island. So I knew them from Long Island and then they had the apartment in the city, which his wife said, you know what, now I'm in a different stage of my life. I I love the apartment, but I really don't want to live in this area. Now I want to live in more of a touristy area. So because, you know, in the city, like a lot of people want to live close to the schools when their kids are young. So I worked so hard with getting them offers, and we had a lot of good offers, and everyone was turned down. And I eventually found out, because I found someone on the board who kind of leaked, that they were a little annoyed with them, because they bought the apartment, like, say, 20 years ago, and they never moved into it. They moved into it for six months, and um, they really didn't renovate it. They were going to renovate it now, but they kind of left it baked, baked, and we just didn't like the doctor. So... It ended up that they, two offers were declined. Then the, the wife got disgusted and she said, you know what, we'll renovate it and we'll stay here. And that was what they did. Um, and so, I, you know, with boards, you, again, they cannot discriminate. But, you know, sometimes they require a certain amount of cash. But in this instance, I guess the cash was sufficient since it was all cash. But it's something that you really, when you buy, you should look at. Does that happen
5: often when the seller uh, is ready to take a price, whether it's cash or not, and the board says, no, you're going to bring down the price of all the other apartments in the building?
3: I don't think it happens often. I mean, you all hear stories. Look, we've had on the show dog trainers that say the board says, oh, I'm sorry, your dog won't fit in. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there's some buildings that are very picky, but a good broker, and when you're dealing with co-ops you want to use a broker that knows the boards and knows what the boards want and you're not gonna and that's why i never worry about these uh help yourself sorry i don't know what the company's name but like sell it on your because in the city try and do that you really need to pay okay and work with someone who has the expertise of that co-ops because they're no place else Mm -hmm. in the country that i know of wouldn't you agree? And even with financing, Ace, isn't it true that some of the buildings don't allow financing?
6: Yeah, some buildings don't allow financing or they they um require twenty percent down. But with um with co ops, I mean look, when when we had the recession, co ops actually held its value the best in the city, right? So there are positives to the board. But to Doreen's um situation, you know, sometimes, you know, I think um I think there's a message here in in, in the marketplace, you know, co ops are not as new. They're a little bit older. So I think um, the boards, they really need to reconsider how they accept and reject um, applicants because it could be a hindrance for someone that's looking to buy. And clubs should be something that's attractive. And now it's being looked upon as you don't really have full control. So I think. um, You know,
3: that's a really good point, Ace, because, you know, the truth is it's fine to be on the board and say, okay, we don't want this person and you hurt uh, Mm -hmm. somebody. But then it could be you who happens to next. Yeah. And if a board gets a bad reputation of really rejecting too many things, too
6: many things yeah.
3: unless it's like some high, like, you know, this, uh, like a, you know, one of the really you know, who's who places, I just think it affects value. Yeah, and the does. brokers will say to themselves, listen, I'm not going to take a chance and bring these people to this building mm-hmm. because I don't think they'll get in. The, yeah. the board's too tough. So really, I think ACE's advice is really, if you're in a building, first of all, go to the meetings. A lot of people complain, but they don't really go to anything, so then you leave it up to somebody else. Take
7: action, yeah.
3: Take action, and also boards need to think about keeping themselves competitive in the world we live in today. Uh, You don't want to find yourself as ending up hurting the people that live in the building as far as what they get value, and that is so true. And what about with financing? A lot of them require 20% down, but not all banks are quick to want to do financing on co-ops,
6: Yeah, and it it really depends on the financials as well, right? So the co-op first has to be on our approval list, so the financial standings need to be in good shape, first of all. Okay, so
3: stop. Yeah. Wouldn't you suggest that when somebody's looking for co-ops, before they look, they should check? If they need financing, if they're buying all cash, then it's not important. But if they need financing, would they call someone like you to find out what co-ops are on the list that are that are financeable? Because some of them are not.
6: That's why you're Miss Herman. <laughs> that's exactly what they need to do. You know, they need to contact a banker, um, either myself or someone that they know, and have them check the collateral, which is the co-op first, to see if it's on a an approval list with the bank, or else you can be credit. Um, approved, but then the co-op won't be approved, and then you'll be...
5: Do you mean there's a list, Ace? Yeah, is there's
6: a active? list. Yes. There's an active list. Know, yes. yes,
3: there is, and I know, because um, Ace worked for many years trying yeah. to put all that stuff together, For sure. and I know that most people, and I would be the first one to say that at the time, 17 or 18 years ago, I would have been the same one. I knew real estate, but I didn't know that some buildings wouldn't be financeable, Um And I don't think most people who don't live in the city, and even if they live in the city unless they bought before, don't really know that. And so we're trying to give you the message because these are things that you should know before you look for an apartment, okay, before you look for financing. You don't want to find something you love, and then you go to get a bank financing, and you can't.
6: Mm -hmm. It's going to avoid a lot of headache and uh, sorrow at the end. At the
3: end of the yeah process, and, so. and 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 it's like with anything else I've always for all the years I've been in real estate feel, really believed in pre-approvals even when they really didn't have them so much uh, because you don't want you want to be when you present an offer I I don't know why this woman was turned down, but you want to you want to present it in the best light as possible, and you don't want to find out that you have bumps after you fell in love with a house, you made an offer, and it was accepted, and now you can't get a mortgage. Correct. Or you won't want to be a seller, and if you're a seller, let me just give you a hint. I think in the beginning of the show, Ace told you that if you are trying to get a, high, a great interest rate, if your ba- credit's bad, you might get a mortgage, but it's going to be at a higher interest so if you have a contract with a buyer as is, and it says, you know, there's a mortgage contingency, meaning that if they don't get a mortgage, they're out of the deal, that's, you know, i pretty typical now, but you don't yes. want them to have be locked in that if they don't get a mortgage at this rate. Correct. And you can also put in, if you know, if you have somebody pre-qualified through ACE and through Citizens, if they say they have a brother or a brother-in-law or someone they know who's in mortgage and they want to use them use them but if they get turned down we pre-qualified you and we know you can get a mortgage because if they don't get a mortgage if you're a seller on the reverse you could be taking an offer holding out for somebody and all of a sudden a month or two later you find out they can't get a mortgage you want to know that all ahead of time and I don't know how much people really understand all of those nitty-gritties, whether it's the seller or the buyer, but it's it's really very important for the seller to know how obtainable is financing for the buyer and for the buyer to know that they really can get a mortgage yeah. and they don't find out, you know, the last minute. And maybe next week you can talk a little about, for those who are listening who uh, are, th- are in the buying process or thinking of buying in the next year or two, uh, maybe you could talk about what they shouldn't do, like what they should do in preparation of going for a mortgage in the next six months. Yeah,
6: we can do a uh, do's and don'ts list, Toddie, you
4: know? Yeah.
3: Again, so if you're looking for a mortgage, you want to listen to ACE and listen next week to things that you want to make sure you don't do yeah. so this way you can qualify for the best rates. And by the way, again, what's the formula? For every quarter percent, I mean, the rate goes up. How much more is it, or down? It's it's a lot. Or
6: it's um it's a lot. I mean, especially when you get to the one percent level. But depending on the mortgage loan amount, you know, that difference will be greater as you take on a larger lo- loan amount. So, but well, next week luck. for sure, we'll we'll definitely do the don't do the list. And um, Dottie, go ahead.
3: No, wish me luck because um, I know May 1st was moving day, but today is my moving day. Ooh, Daddy, so, we're excited. Uh, you yeah, have so, to tell us next
6: week what yeah, happens. I will.
3: I'll tell you my oh, nightmare. Oh, we need to hear this. <laughs> All right, to hear it. Listen, wish me luck and have a great weekend. Good luck. Good luck, And we'll be back next
5: week. Good weekend.